turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. All right, 1035, thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. <clears throat> so I want to pivot now uh, and turn our attention to Columbus, where some important work is being done on uh, protecting our rights. Our rights to what, you may ask? How about our rights to, I don't know, be free of government intervention when it comes to our health care? We, uh, we lost so much, as you know, uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic in 2020 and in 2021, pretty much. We lost so much of our autonomy to make decisions for our bodies when people were forced to either take jabs or lose their jobs. They were told you cannot come into certain public spaces. If you do, you have to stand a certain feet away from, from other people. You cannot come in without covering your face with a symbol. And it, let's be clear about that. It is a symbol. It was never a medical device. It was never going to stop the transmission or spread of a respiratory disease. It was a symbol, a symbol of what you may ask. I say a symbol of your compliance. That's what the entire thing was about. We lost so many rights by what many of us believe was almost a psyop to see exactly how much the people would be willing to go along with, how many different things they would be willing to sacrifice in the uh, uh, you know, in the uh, defense of or support of their health. And will they let the government tell them exactly what to do if they get scared enough that everybody who doesn't do what we say, either you're going to die or you're going to kill your grandmother. That's essentially what happened in, in this event. And now, three years after, uh, almost four years after, in March, it'll be four years actual, actually uh, after the uh, onset of COVID and the uh, start of those draconian policies, a lot of people have forgotten. A lot of people said, what? What? Masks? I don't think about masks anymore. What? Shots? I don't think about shots anymore. What? COVID? I don't think about COVID anymore. So you don't have to think about any of this anymore. Well, the problem is if you don't think about what was done to us, you're never going to stop it from happening to us again, which is why we need the attention of uh, our leaders and our legislators in Columbus so let's talk about this now with one of them, and uh, along with an advocate, one of the most staunch advocates for our medical freedom in the state of Ohio. Stephanie Stock is with us. She is uh, actually the person, I believe, who started OAMF, which is Ohio Advo- Advocates for Medical Freedom. Stephanie, good morning. Good to have you back. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I am doing great. Thank you for having us on. It's a pleasure to have you on, and uh, thank you for bringing with you Representative Scott Wiggum from District 77, who is the sponsor of a House resolution uh, that is going to be a, a step toward making sure that we do indeed retain our autonomy. I just heard a click. Did we lose somebody? Uh, Representative Scott Wiggum, are you there? I am, I am here, Bob. Can you hear me? Yeah, I heard one of those familiar sounds where it sounded like a phone dropped off. Stephanie, you still there? I am still here. All right, good. Then it was just my imagination, I guess. Representative Wiggum, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Let's talk about Ohio HJR4, House Joint Resolution 4. Tell us what it is. Tell us why you wrote it and sponsored it. Uh, yeah, HJR4 is a, um, uh, an amendment for Ohio's Constitution that uh, once it goes through the legislative branch, 
uh, both sides, basically the House and the Senate. It goes before the people, and the people can decide. Uh, but it is uh, based off of um, such rules like ADA, but we're looking at protecting people's rights uh, to access uh, publicly, uh, publicly accessible spaces without a mask. Because we know, for one, as we start looking at the evidence, it became quite, quite clear that this was a, uh, that the mask movement was more of uh, a policy to disrupt society. Uh, we knew that it, we knew at the time that they didn't really work against viruses. And we have all the evidence now that it doesn't work against viruses. But the bottom line is, is you had people, uh, a mask, a medical mask uh, is a, is a considered a medical device. And there are certain harms that could come to people for using it. And you had people that had doctor's excuses that couldn't go to a grocery store because of this medical mask mandate unless they explained to a 17-year-old uh, what their issues were. So we're, we just want to stop this. We, if we walk away and say it's not a big deal anymore, they will never fix these issues. So, Bob, you're absolutely right. we gotta, we got to look back in time and say we're not going to let this happen again. And this is very simple. It stops, it prohibits mandates of medical mask, medical masking in public spaces. So that means so any public said, spaces. Yeah. Th- that means any public spaces. Yeah, if you can go to that place um, publicly, okay, if you can go in there publicly, then um, you don't have to wear a mask. Okay. Now, that's an important thing. By the way, uh, Representative Wiggum, as I switch over to Stephanie here, I'm being told it's a little hard to hear you clearly through the radio speakers on the speaker phone. If you could pick up the uh, pick up the phone for the next part, that would be fantastic. Um, Stephanie, you bet. Uh, Stephanie, uh, what, what Representative Wiggum just brought up is very, very important. When, I, when we talk about public spaces, restaurants have the right to refuse service to people because it's considered a private business. But the public is invited inside. A grocery store is a privately owned place, but the public is allowed inside. So the public spaces part of this is really important in the uh, in the language of this. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. And I know there there were some uh, there were some liberal organizations that were making claims that this um, this resolution was going to, you know, bring back all these horrible diseases because you know, hospital staff wouldn't be, wouldn't be, uh, it would be illegal for them to be masked. And that's, that is absolutely not true. Line 37 and 38 clearly says only public accessible areas of the hospital. So you're talking about the lobby and things like that. They can't force masks you while you're sitting, um, you know, outside in the public area. Um, this is not controlling what goes on back in the hallways or with the employees. So I just want to lay that to rest right now, especially with this the new fear of porn. So when you say when you say when you say out front public areas, we you we mean waiting rooms, right? You go to an emergency room yeah. or if you go to a hospital to visit somebody and you're in a waiting area, you don't have to wear them. Correct. Correct. And okay. but they're making it sound like we're, you know, we're telling surgeons not to mask. I mean, it's just absurd. <laughs> It really well, is. you know, I mean, surgeons wearing them makes sense. And this is what's really funny is the people who um, uh, during during COVID and when the whole masking thing started, people are saying, well, of course they stop. Uh, they stop the, the spread of germs. Why do you think surgeons wear them when they're you know, when they're operating for crying out loud? Because they don't want to be breathing their germs into the open cavity. No, they don't want the sweat and the, and the drool from their mouths to be <laughs> dripping into the open cavity uh, of a surgical patient for crying out loud. It doesn't stop. 
you know, uh, 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 microscopic sized or sub microscopic sized germs from going through the mask. And this is something that apparently had never been studied until after they mandated it and said, wear these to stop a respiratory virus. Now we know for a fact they have done the, the you know, the randomized controlled studies to prove, right, that these things do no good whatsoever in stopping uh, airborne virus. Yeah, absolutely nothing. So, yeah, it won't, it's not going to change anything like that. You know, nobody's going to be drooling in your um, in, in your chest cavity when they're doing open-heart surgeries. That's just <laughs> not a thing. And also, it won't apply to crazy Aunt Lynn, who doesn't want you to come over for Christmas if you're not masked. You know, it's America. She has a right to uh, decide what happens in her private residence. So, uh, it, uh, Wiggum made sure to include that that uh, it does not apply to private residences either. Yeah, and, and what else is important on this, too, Representative Scott Wiggum, and again, we appreciate you both being here, uh, transportation, right? Public transportation, if you're on an RTA train, if you're on a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a public bus or what have you, um, it, there, there are a lot of these places that people are demanding that people put masks on. Now they can no longer make those demands if this goes through, right? That is correct. Correct. Okay. And also preschools, elementary schools, daycares, child care centers. Well, you um, just you just there. led into <laughs> education, which is what I wanted to do, because they were making, you know, one of the most representative Wigan, you probably saw it. I think we all saw this on social media in the in the uh, in the meat of all of this, this little child in a preschool classroom. I couldn't have been more than three being forced to wear this thing. And every time the preschool teacher put this thing back over him, he cried and pulled it off. And and it was almost torturous to watch this. And again, for what purpose? You know, this little kid who, first of all, isn't even going to carry the virus, second of all, isn't going to give it to anybody, and third of all, even if he was going to do either one of those two things, um, the mask isn't going to stop it anyway, but they just tortured all of these little kids with it. So if this resolution goes forth as a constitutional amendment, all of that stuff in our schools will be will be a non-issue. Yeah, that is correct. correct. Uh, Representative Wiggum, you need support for this. You're looking for promote proponent testimony. Can you tell me what people can do to help? <clears throat> they, well, they can write into uh, my office. All they got to do is Google me online, and they can find my number uh, in my email. But they could call in and write in, write in my office, and they can uh, we'll help them put together a short testimony of their experience. Uh, but we would love to love to have uh, uh, as many people as possible come and talk about this. I'll tell you, I was a chair of state and, state and local government during the pandemic era. And we were constantly talking about in my committee about the over uh, overreaction of government and uh, uh, in this area. And one of the top issues were people talking about how the masks negatively affected them. And we knew even at that time that masks didn't stop viruses. So I knew that this was going to be a big issue that we need to go forward and tackle. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm so glad you did because, you know, the, 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 the harm, nobody thought about, first of all, it didn't do any good. But second of all, in many cases, as you started out, it did do harm to a lot of people. There is something that is inherently unhealthy about exhaling the carbon uh, dioxide from your from your lungs uh, and then and then sucking it back in in again, especially as it is you know collecting in the in the spittle and the things you know if anybody who's ever looked at the inside of one of those masks at the end of a, an eight hour work shift you see what it looks like in there that you're sucking that stuff back in that's not healthy for people. Yeah, I mean it's that, a bacteria. It just colonizes bacteria like crazy, and they even link bacterial pneumonia to overuse of masks. So you know the very thing they claim they're trying to prevent, right? COVID pneumonia was the big thing, but then they mask everybody, and then that promotes pneumonia. So I mean it's just it's just crazy. This should be something that's a as a personal choice. Uh, this should never be something that's forced onto anyone. 
Stephanie, you're tweeting about this through the OAMF website, or uh, Twitter account, I should say, and people should uh, follow this, Ohio AMF, Ohio AMF, which stands for Ohio, uh, or excuse me, Advocates for Medical Freedom. Uh, you've got a link there. Does this take you to the place to submit that written testimony I just asked uh, 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 Representative Wiggum about? That link actually go, uh, tells a little bit about what HJR4 does, and it gives them specifics on how to submit their testimony. So, yes, it, it walks them through the process on how to do it because it can be a little complicated. You have to do a witness slip. So everything is there step-by-step step, telling you exactly what you need to do to get that submitted. Yeah, I've got Representative Wiggum. I've got your page up from, from the OhioHouse.gov site there, and I could give a phone number out, but that's not going to do much good for written testimony. So we need people to know exactly where to send their testimony in support of uh, Ohio HR four to uh, stop uh, to stop the mandating of masks in public spaces. So I guess the best thing to do would be to go to OAMF uh, the OAMF uh, Twitter page there and follow that link, um, which looks like yeah. You can also just go to OhioAMF.org and find that there, so you can find out exactly how to submit that written testimony. Uh, Representative Wiggum, you got a lot of support on this already. Uh, yes, we've already got uh, over over one third of the House uh, as uh, as uh, 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 co-sponsors. So there's a lot of support for this. Um, we just need to keep on moving it forward um, and, and get through these testimonies and then get it over to the Senate. So I think that we do have the support um, and uh, we just need to find out, you know, what kind of traps or what kind of lies that the other side is going to try to say about this um, and then uh, defeat those and just get this forward. So any uh, any collaboration that you can speak of on the Senate side, you, you've got uh, uh, people over there who are going to support uh, exactly what you have written here or their own Senate version of it. Yeah, I am talking to Senate uh, members right now. I think there will be some collaboration, but I think uh, what ha- often happens is is uh, one one uh, one chamber will look and say, "Okay, well, you know, you're, you guys are going to have to get it through before we we go through this uh, this process too." We want to make sure that uh, you have the vote. So it's really going to be on the House right now to get this done. Stephanie, uh, going back to OAMF, you have been very active on a number of other issues as well, in addition to the masking issue. Anything else you want to promote? Um, yeah, of course, we have uh, HB73, which is in the Senate. That's in the Health Committee. We'd like to see that moving forward. It's kind of been sitting there for a couple of months, so that's in the Health Committee. So, um, you know, I would, we would encourage people to uh, contact uh Senator Steve Hoffman, who's the chair of that committee, to, to get that moving. Of course, we have the Never Alone Act. Um, we hope to get uh, – we've already been through introductory and proponent testimony for that. We're waiting on um, opposition testimony hopefully soon so we can get that moving. Um, and then, of course, we have HCR4, and then we now have a conscientious right to refuse, which has not gotten an introductory hearing yet. That was just uh, – that just was introduced to committee, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, and, again, that was Representative Wiggum and Representative Gross. So i got to love those two. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody well, send know. them a note of thanks. These are, these are our champions, right, that are putting themselves out there um, and doing the right thing for the public despite the just tenacious attacks. Uh, that that we all get when we when we stand up for freedom, unfortunately. Well, you know that's well said. And Representative Wiggum, I second Stephanie's uh, uh, appreciation to you and to others uh, who who have been doing this, um, because it isn't easy to tell people that you know. Um, 
everything that was done to them during the COVID pandemic period was wrong, forcing them to, you know, to submit to some of these some of these things against their will that, that may not have been in the best interest of their health, all because of fear is wrong. It's hard to do that. And the fact that you're stepping up in so many ways here to do that is very, very important. And I uh, and I want to I want to express our appreciation to you for that as well. Well, thank you, Bob. And remember, it's not only fear. Uh, there was a, a certain amount of push for disruption in that election year that just never went away. So we, we can't let these types of things, um, uh, you know, control our system, our election system and the people's freedom. So we've got to fight back. Yeah. And as COVID fades, and, and I know there are still concern that people have with this latest variant, which most doctors say is completely um, uh, indistinguishable from the common cold. But uh, as as COVID fades, people think that this, you know, the time for this fight has faded as well. And it's not the, it's not the COVID fight anymore. It is stopping them from doing what they have done to us with the next fight, whatever it is, whatever pandemic they declare, emergency they declare. That's what this fight is for now. People need to understand it's actually more important now than it was before because we can uh, we can set the stage for our own medical freedom to be protected going forward. So I'm so glad you're working on that uh, at the legislative level, representative level, excuse me, representative Wiggum and you as well, Stephanie at OAMF. Thanks very much to both of you for doing what you're doing and for coming on and telling us all about it. Well, you're welcome. And tell everybody to keep their eyes out because I I, I do think they're going to use this new emerging white lung syndrome here in Ohio to try to scare everybody again. And this time they're going to use kids. And that's what pulls at everybody's heartstrings, right? COVID was typically killing people that were old or had a lot of health conditions. Um, And now we have this new mysterious thing. Um, And I find it fascinating that it's emerging here in Ohio. What perfect timing. So just everybody beware. Um, I expect the fear porn to really ramp up. Um, you know, everybody needs to be fighting back against us. I mean, we just passed the res- We just They just said we had a constitutional right to kill babies in the womb, and now they want to tell Republicans they're going to kill children if they don't mask. I find it, frankly, ironic. So yeah, we're just going to well, keep pushing it back against that nonsense. That is a very, very interesting uh, and ironic uh, observation there, and you're exactly right. They don't care about the kids dying in the womb, but once they get out, we got to make sure that we strap up, uh, strap, strap their faces uh, to make sure that they don't die, which is just ludicrous. Uh, once again, Stephanie Stock, uh, follow uh, the OAMF uh, Twitter page, which is Ohio AMF, Ohio AMF for Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom, and Representative Scott Wiggum. Thank you both. I hope you have a great uh, weekend in front of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby, uh, too. 1053 now. Uh, yeah, she's right, by the way. If you're not following that white lung disease, we are. Uh, to see exactly what kinds of, uh, you know, fear-mongering they're going to do over that. And whether or not they're going to tell you, you know, to do certain things with your kids, if they're going to come out with some kind of a uh, medication that is going to be just strongly recommended, if not required, in the whole nine yards. Uh, we're watching it very, very closely. Again, it's not the COVID gone by that we are worried about now, but you better not forget about what was done because that's what has to be prevented going forward. All right, let's get a time out here at 1053. We are guest free the rest of the way. So the free for all Friday fist bump Friday uh, continues 216-901-0945. What topic do you want to talk about? We'll take questions. We'll take comments. Doesn't matter. Uh, but make sure that you fist bump the people around you today and tell them that it's fist bump Friday. Right back on Always Right Radio.